traveling the world searching for equestrians of all breeds. The journey starts now on the International Equine Network. Good afternoon, horsemen from all breeds, all countries, from everywhere, north, south, east, west, small town, big town, you name it, we're talking about horses today, talking about horses. A lot of things are going on here in the horse business. Uh, we're going to start out talking about um, uh, the rules and regulations. Uh, we have HISA that has come into play uh, throughout the United States. They're trying to get all the states together on their rules and regulations so that there's a, you know, it's consistent. Uh, for the last, uh, God knows how many years in the horse business, whether you're show horse, race horse, you know, uh, pleasure horse, the rules and regulations varied from state to state. And it was very difficult, uh, for people to travel and, um, not meaning difficult, but that you had a lot of effort you had to put in when you were traveling. For example, if you're in Florida and you're going up to Kentucky to race or to show up there, you have to travel through Florida, Georgia, Tennessee, and Kentucky. And it makes it very difficult when you're, when you're driving through these different states and you have different rules and regulations. So in other words, whenever you leave uh, and get your, all your paperwork together for your horse's passport, what we call a passport, you got to make sure that all your paperwork is done for Florida. Then you got to make sure another set of paperwork is done for Georgia. Then you got to make sure another set of paperwork is done for Tennessee and then your Kentucky paperwork. And it makes it very difficult uh, when you go through it. A lot of times we've been able to go through and, you know, you just got a shipping um, papers and regulations, you know, stating you're going from Gulfstream Park to Keeneland and, and Lexington. And, you know, that usually suffices. But over the years, there's been a lot of things that have come up on, on uh, you know, the transporting of horses. Like, for example, we used to be able to have grooms in the back of the trailers that ride, you know, with the horses that, that, that are, are grooms for them and, and they make sure that nothing happens and, you know, you just keep an eye on them. Well, there are some states here, uh, one of them is Tennessee, you're not allowed to have any grooms or any per personnel in the back of the trailers. And one of the reasons is is because they don't have a secured seat uh, like you would in, um, you know, a car or a regular truck and you don't have a seat belt. So that, that's t Tennessee's reasoning. Other states just kind of let it go by over the years and, and, you know, just kind of go from there with it. But HISA has come in, and, and they've got a fantastic idea. They're going to try to get all the states, you know, uh, to agree uh, to a certain, you know, set of rules. You know, like if you got the top 50, let's take the top 50 rules, we'll say. One through 50 will be the same in every state. And then, you know, eventually all rules that HISA, uh, you know, brings forth will be in every state. And it'll take a lot of confusion out uh, of when you're going from state to state, what you have to have, what you don't need, you know, that type of thing. So that that's the, the good part about that. And it's 
it's the end of the first year of Heisen. It's worked out pretty good. Uh, next year is going to be even better. Um, you know, the, the program's going to get more consistent, and, and we're going to be educating the uh, horsemen on this. That's going to be, and I, you would think that, you know, rules and regulations, regulations when you're talking about medications and shots and you're talking about transporting horses and, and the selling of horses and the buying of horses and, you know, the uh, syndication of horses, uh, all that's in Heisen. And it's taken a long, long time to get it done. And so far, they've done pretty good. This first year has been, been better than what I thought it would be. And it's going to be even more, uh, more efficient next year. And, and, but like I said, the whole long and short of it is getting all the horse people educated to it. The owners, the trainers, the grooms, the hot walkers, the show riders, the exercise riders, uh, the whole, whole nine yards has got to get together and they've got to be educated in it. And that's going to be the difficult part, you know, to, to do, uh, because, you know, you're going to have people, well, I didn't know. Well, you know, if you're in the horse business, you're supposed to know the rules and regulations. And there's certainly been enough media and enough information put out by the different facilities in different states for the people to have access to the rules and regulations you know, that they have to go by. And what I like about it is is it's going to create an environment of safety for the horses. Uh, it's going to create a real good environment for the safety of the horses. And it's also creating jobs. It's creating a lot of jobs because they're going to have to have, um, I don't even know what they're going to call it, but they're going to have to have uh, staff on, on board at all the track show facilities and you know, going to around to the different farms, you know, to make sure all these uh, violations, you know, uh, aren't occurring. And it was interesting. Uh, there was there was a horse show here recently that had uh, three uh, of the top five riders in the show uh, ended up being uh, charged with violations. And the reason they were charged with violations is because they had an inspector there. That inspector observed some things that were going on after the show was over and into the barns, and, you know, they were charged with the violations. And that's what we want because we want safety of the horses. That's our main concern. Make sure the horses are taken care of, make sure the people are taken care of, and make sure that the public knows that the equine industry is being policed because they're going to get a good, solid, healthy product uh, out in, in, in the horse venues. Um, already, uh, a lot of the uh, uh, safety uh, things that have been in, pl- in place or in, in, imported, we'll say, to each state has made, had a dra- dramatic effect on, um, you know, the horses racing and, and showing and so forth, and injuries are, are seem- seemingly going down. We'll, we'll know here in another few months when we get the study in. But, um, uh, you know, that, it's just not implementing the rules. Um, the things that Heisen is doing, uh, they're doing investigations and studies on, you know, uh, how the horses uh, are being fed, how they're being trained, how they're being transported. Uh, they got so many things that they have to look into. Uh, they're looking into breeding. How close is the, the breeding of a horse 
that broke down, how close is that inbreeding? Uh, you know, they're looking at that. Uh, they're looking at the gene pools. Uh, they're looking at a little bit of everything, you know, here with uh, in the horse industry. And, and it's going to make for a better, you know, product that we put out there. And, and that's what's really exciting about it because I, I see all this coming, and it's going to be a real good, um, uh, you know, product for the, the general public, to you know, to see. And that's what it's all about. Uh, we're creating more jobs in the horse industry. Uh, it, it's really uh, amazing uh, to how many people work in the horse business now, uh, you know, throughout the different states. And, and next week we're going to talk about the economic impact that each uh, uh, business has, uh, you know, how they're affected in, in the horse industry. It, it just blows your mind to know that, uh, hey, we got this going on in our community you would be surprised how many people don't know about the about the industry, you know, and and they drive by them every day. Uh, in fact, uh, we got them. <laughs> it was so funny. Uh, I was out here uh, one day, and we had a person that was out um, just driving around, just driving around and seeing what they could see. And uh, they accidentally got onto our farm here. And they came in and they said, uh, oh, we saw the sign Sunshine Meadows Equestrian Village. And so we thought we'd come back and see, you know, just exactly what's here. And uh, so I start talking to the, to the people and I tell them, you know, uh, where we're going and what we're doing here and, you know, so forth and so on. And then the real funny part about it, the real funny part about it is they said, we've been here. 30 years in the Palm Beach County, Delray Beach, Boca Raton area, and we didn't know that this was here. And we drive by by this entrance every day, you know, and she, and she said we never thought about, you know, coming in to see what all was going on there. And so I told her, I said, yeah, we're, we're in a, an equestrian village, and uh, we train uh, standard bred horses here, and we um, – uh, uh, have show horses and we have uh, quarter horses and she said well i never knew that was here she says i couldn't believe it and, and you would be surprised we got forty-eight thousand cars a day that pass our entrance and of those forty-eight thousand, if i don't think we have two or three that come just to see what we have here so you know we, we expose them to that and and they got to see the police and uh and, you know, she said, well, we'll come out and visit. And I said, well, we'll be glad to have you. But the whole long and short of it is, is it's about communication and it's about distribution of information. And that's what we're starting to try to do here at IEN. We're building uh, uh, for two years, over two years now, doing a lot of experimenting and seeing, you know, uh, what's what, getting in the flow of things, as you might say, you know, as the season goes on. And it's about information, product information that we get out there. And, and so, um, uh, you know, I, I was, it was kind of comical. And, and we hope she comes back this weekend to see what's going on here. And just about all the facilities, equine facilities that are out there, uh, if you go to them and go to their gate, uh, the guard gate or their entrance or to their office, uh, you know, they'll be more than happy to welcome you in you know, and tell you about what they do and how they do it, you know. And so that, that's uh, that's always fun to, to see new people coming into the business. And like I was saying about Heisa just a little bit ago, um, 
Heise uh, is took on a task that needed to be done for years, and they finally got the program in motion. And it's really good because uh, we're turning out a better product now, a safer product uh, for the horse industry and the horse people, and, and trying to get it uh, going in the right direction. Um, just to give you an idea now, each state, uh, each state has their own um, uh, survey uh, that they do on their equine industry about the economic impact. Um, for example, uh, this is from uh, uh, the state of Kentucky. The survey finds that they have 31,000 equine enterprises in the state of Kentucky. 31,000 businesses are in the state of Kentucky that are related to the equine industry. Um, survey results uh, revealed from the University of Kentucky that nearly 210,000 equine residents live in the state of Kentucky in 31,000 different uh, operations, and those operations cover 900,000 acres of land in the state of Kentucky. Um, the Kentucky Equine Survey, which looks at all breeds of, of all horses as well as donkeys and mules, and i got a few of those racehorse donkeys and mules in my barn, <laughs> I'll tell you right now, and uh, estimates that the total uh, value of the state's equine um, related assets is $27.7 billion. And the estimated equine-related sales and income for equine operations in the state of Kentucky is $2.1 billion. It's just amazing that they generate $27 billion worth of money into the state, you know, each year. And, and those, those are people that are going to Burger Kings and Walmarts and to the dentists and to the doctors and, you know, to the Kroger, uh, you know, uh, grocery store, gasoline, uh, rent, uh, buying property, houses, that type of thing. And that's $20.7 billion generated in, in Kentucky. Uh, thoroughbreds are listed as the majority breed, in which they pretty much are in just about all the states that we're, we're in here in the United States. Uh, but in Kentucky, um, the majority breeds by the numbers, there's 48,500 uh, thoroughbreds in, in the state of Kentucky, followed by the quarter horse industry, which has 35,000 horses in the industry. And, you know, like we were talking, all these horses just don't stay in the state of Kentucky. They travel. They go to Kentucky. They go to Illinois, New York, California, New Mexico, Ohio. Florida, Georgia, you know, so they're spreading that wealth around. So in addition to the $27.7 billion that uh, the equine-related sales are going to, you got to think about the money that the people spend in other states like Kentucky, Tennessee, Maryland, New York, what have you, when they go to shows. So they, that adds to their economy, as well as, as uh, we've got a lot of people coming to our, our state here in Florida. Uh, you know, we're filled in the wintertime. You can't hardly drive around here because of all the equestrians that we have here and everything. Um, the, the main thing that we're trying to do, uh, taking surveys like this, is to improve the equine health care, educate and inform state and local policymakers, inform workforce development, aid in supporting proposals for business ventures and grants, 
and identify emerging emerging markets uh, here, uh, you know, in the states that we do. And um, you know, it's very important that we all get on the same page when we start, you know, working in the uh, the industry. Like for now, uh, one of the things that um, that I've been talking about for years. It's how to improve the product. And it's coming along. Uh, the corporate people are finally getting onto it, and so are the racetracks. And I'll give you a good example. Forever, when I, I'm 66 years old, and when I was a kid, six, seven years old, I always loved the horses, and my uh, family would, uh, We'd drive down through Lexington and here in Florida and go to the horse farms and, you know, just as a, as a thing to do. And basically it didn't cost us anything but gas and hotel and food, you know, because they don't charge for you to go into the farms and look. So we, we did all that and everything. And as I grew up, I said, you know, it'd be kind of neat to see these things, uh, you know, get bigger and bigger, even as a young kid. You know, I was thinking, you know, about had my mind working. And I remember back in the 60s, uh, you could go to Churchill Downs, and, and the crowds weren't like they are today. There, there was a lot of room in the infield. Uh, you had places to park. And, and just about any uh, event that you went to, you know, like the Hamiltonian or the Little Brown Jug, and Belmont, the Preakness, uh, the show, you know, the horse shows in Lexington and in California and in Florida. So, you know, it started running through my head. And then as I got older and got more involved in the, in the horse business, um, I, I was at worked in a few places that we tried a few different things. And it was kind of interesting. Um, at Churchill Downs, uh, they had a backside tour. And what they would do is uh, you'd pay a fee and you get in a little van and, or, you know, or, uh, a wagon and they haul you around and, and they stop and say, uh, this is D. Wayne Lucas's barn. He won a Kentucky Derby or Shouldn't McGahee's barn, you know, won the Kentucky Derby, Carl Nasker. And they were all Derby, you know, Derby related things because that's what keeps the people excited. They've been somewhere where a Derby winner was, was at. Even though he wasn't in that barn at the time, uh, you know, they were there in that barn, you know, is where the derby was at. So I was working at One Star Farm, and when they came to our barn, we hadn't won a derby, a Kentucky Derby, as, as that date when I was there. Uh, it, it was kind of interesting. Uh, people drive by, but we had a very beautiful barn. Uh, Elliot Walden and Kenny Trout always maintained uh, a top-notch barn with flowers and the, the uh, barns right down, the horses are cleaned, and, and they would stop by and, and see, uh, you know, uh, the horses that we had there. So uh, I, I would go out when we were bathing the horses, and, and a tour group come by, I'd say, oh, you know, um, uh, this horse that's running here uh, is uh, Victory Light. She's running on Saturday, you know, at, um, at Churchill stop in and see us, you know, she's in the fifth race. And so I was interacting with the, with the, uh, the, the people. And we started getting good results because over in the paddocks, you know, I would see people taking, when I take the horse over to the paddock, I would see people and they, they'd yell, hey, Scott, how you doing? You know, good luck. You know, they came back. 
you know, they came back that afternoon or, you know, uh, from a few days before, they came back to see the horse run. So that interaction told me then that we got to get the public more involved. So for a long time there, uh, when we had groups that would come by, I saved our horseshoes that uh, whenever we got the shoes on our on our horses, I would save the horseshoes and I'd take the nails out and clean them up a little bit. And um, what I would do is I would give everybody on the tour a horseshoe. So one day I, I come in and uh, uh, some people were there and, and we had a management at, at Churchill that was there. And uh, they said, um, these guys want to see you. And the people were from Canada, and they had three little kids with them. And they said, yep, that's the man. That's the man. He's the one that gave us the horseshoes. And the father had, had told me, he said, boy, oh, boy. He said, I took these kids to Disney World, spent $2,000 on them going through Disney World. And all the, uh, you know, all the things, the tourist things that they did. And then on the way back home to Canada, we stopped at Churchill and said, we went by your barn and, and said uh, they weren't going to stop because you weren't a derby barn. But, you know, you started talking to them and the guy did stop, you know, because I was explaining to him about, you know, the horses that were getting a bath and when they were going to run. And I gave these kids a horseshoe. And so I said, well... I said, I'm glad they enjoyed it. He said, you know, when we got back home to Canada, he said, all of the family and friends were there and asking about Disney World and, and everything. He said, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we went to Disney World. But they talked more about the man that gave them a horseshoe at Churchill Downs than they did Disney because they were up close and impersonal and, and in person with those horses and those people reacting you know, uh, to the grooms and the hot walkers and the riders. So that kind of planted the seed in those kids' minds, and they'll come back eventually. And who knows, they might be an owner someday or a jockey or a groom or, you know, what have you. So the whole point is is, is we've got to start interacting with the community, with all the people that, uh, you know, we have um, in the industry. And, and what I like about it is is we're starting to do that. Uh, it's going back to old school. Uh, when I, like I said, when I was growing up, uh, you, you lived for the Del Mar meet, which came in August, and, and there was four or five weeks uh, there that you ran Del Mar, uh, came uh, in the fall and spring, you know, four weeks there. Churchill Downs, uh, same thing, four weeks in the, in, in the spring and fall. And then, of course, uh, Saratoga, four or five weeks in August, you know, that they had uh, – they had all those different uh, different tracks that would do that. Uh, Arlington Park, uh, you know, was another summertime, you know, uh, meet uh, thing. And so they all have their big signature racers, like uh, you know the Arkansas Derby at Hot Springs, uh, Louisiana and New Orleans, um, Florida Derby, Tampa Bay Derby. Uh, you know, all all the big tracks have have their tracks, and so. Now that we've started getting people in, in the flow of things, uh, a lot of people like to go to Saratoga because it's beautiful at Saratoga in the summer. You know, it's a four or five week meet that you go up there and people uh, put on their summer dresses and, and all the, um, they, they plan Saratoga and there's so much to do at Saratoga. Uh, you know, when they have up there, uh, like this weekend, I think they got the uh, water jug giveaway to any patron passing through the gates 
uh, get a, you know, gets a, a little thermos jug light that they come through. And all the tracks do it. They got hats and t-shirts, you know, a whole nine yards that you go in when you can do that. And so now, you know, I've really realized how important that, you know, communicating with our patrons and the fans and educating them and getting them out there, you know, to, to see what, you know, can be done. Uh, for example, uh, show horse people, um, you know, we've had a lot of show horse people come here to, uh, Sunshine Meadows and they come out to look like the ladies did the other day and, and they brought their, they're going to bring their grandkids out. But, um, the, the thing of it is, is these kids come out and they see and they like horses and, you know, that there's a possibility they could start riding horses, working with horses. And what people don't understand is you can get a four-year scholarship to college for riding horses. Uh, you know, that, that's really, uh, no, no better way than to go out and, you know, earn your way, earn your, uh, college tuition by riding horses. And we've got a lot of great, uh, show horse teams in this country, uh, that, that show, uh, here, here at, uh, Sunshine Meadows, we have, uh, uh, Arlington Farms in Carriage Hill, and, and that's uh, the Florida Atlantic University uh, has their show horses here. And so, you know, that, that's, that's a big to-do, you know, for us because these girls and guys are, are winning all over the country, you know, and it's important that we have a consistency in what we do. Safety is the biggest thing. Um, you know, you want to keep the, the riders safe, the people safe, and, and that's our biggest thing, and that's what Heise has done. And I, I don't think Heise has really realized that what they've done is they brought the whole industry together, you know, the whole industry together. And so now uh, it's going to make it a little easier on the horsemen, uh, you know, for when they go somewhere and, you know, uh, to race or train or show or whatever. It's going to make it good. And, and now we're getting a lot more people that are coming to this to the horse industry that are going to like the University of uh, uh, Kentucky and the University of uh, Louisville and uh, going to Auburn University and, and uh, Arizona. And they have actually have degrees in, equine, uh, for in the equine industry. And they come in and they, they do all the things that we're talking about here at IEN. Uh, they teach you business management. They teach you, teach you marketing, everything. And, you know, a lot of people, I know one girl that came out, she got her a degree in marketing, and uh, she she's up at uh, a track, racetrack up north, and she didn't realize, you know, how how much fun that was for her, you know, to get up there and do those things, you know. And so now she knows all the rules and regulations, and they're starting to put things together. And, you know, I tell you, uh, there's a track up north, and they had a $5 um, ticket buy to win a Cadillac. A $5 ticket buy to win a Cadillac. And I mean, you look at the tickets in there, and there, there might have been a hundred. I, I don't know how many they ended up with, you know, but it was a promotion for the racetrack. And, um, all the money went to charity. And so I was going into the track that morning, and the guards at the gate were just laughing and, and just thought it was a real hoot. <laughs> they had two nuns that had put, bought a five dollar ticket, and they put it put it into the um, into the basket, and they, their their ticket was drawn. 
you know, and it's kind of one of those things. There's a lot of people that say, oh, why, you know, why are religious people, you know, gambling, you know, and this and that. But it was for a charity, you know, and that kind of outweighed a lot of things, I thought. But what was interesting is um, uh, the nuns, when they came to get their car, the um, uh, racetrack had gave them the value of the car in cash for donations to, uh, you know, to the church. So, you know, that has you know, that has a Cadillac, has a $40,000 car easy, you know, and, and so it, it did go. But the whole point is, is you're attracting people in the community and making a difference in the community by having these things at the racetrack. Um, you know, like Churchill Downs every year, they have a great uh, thing up there. They have a, a chili cook-off that they have. Uh, a lot of the tracks, uh, you know, have food cook-offs that they have. Uh, you know, which uh, gets a lot of people in there, uh, you know, to see they have classic car shows in, in the parking lots and a lot of the tracks. Uh, there's so many things that, you know, these tracks are doing, and, you know, to help out the community and, and to create jobs and, and businesses and all, you know, and that they do. And, and it, you don't have to be a big track like uh, uh, Santa Anita or, or, you know, Gulfstream or, or Churchill. Uh, a lot of the small tracks are doing that. And, in case in point, um, Ellis Park in Henderson, Kentucky, they've got all kinds of things going on down there. And, and when they had the situation at Churchill this spring during the Derby Week, when they had horses break down, uh, the state of Kentucky allowed all the horsemen to go down to Ellis Park and train all summer. And, and they moved, they literally moved the Kentucky, uh, the Kentucky race meet, uh, at Churchill to Ellis Park so that they could complete the meet. And that, that was really good. Uh, you know, that, that was a good thing that they did there. Uh, they had a million dollar race there in, at Ellis. Uh, you know, and, you know, it, it brings a lot of people into it. A lot of people got to see that track that never saw it before because, uh, you know, they, they thought it was a smaller track. But when Churchill moves all the big horses down there, the big stake horses moved down there, um, it um, it created a, a, a new a new uh, track, you might say, to get people in, and which it has done. And, and it's really a good thing, you know, that they did it. They handled it very well. It's a very first class place, uh, you know. I, I recommend it going to Ellis Park there in Henderson, Kentucky, you know, and see it. Google Ellis Park in Kentucky, and uh, you'll see what all they have have there. And then we've got a situation in California now at um, a place that uh, uh, that I thought would be there forever. It's called Golden Gate Fields. And this is the last year that they're going to be racing at Golden Gate Fields. And what, what, it, what it ended up being is um, they, the horse pool was getting thin in Southern California and, you know, um, uh, at Golden Gate Fields. So the State Racing Association decided to move Golden Gate Fields down to Southern California, where you got Del Mar and Santa Anita, you know, down in that, that area. So everybody said, what are they going to do now? Now, this is happening all this week. And so everybody's thinking now, like, hey, you know, what are those poor people going to do up there? And, and that's a good question, a fair question to ask. And they're talking about that now. Uh, you know, it's going to have an economic impact on the Golden Gate area. Uh, that's for sure. 
And so now they're trying to figure out what they're going to do. Uh, there's some trainers that are going to be retiring that are getting up to in, in age. They're going to be retiring. And there's other trainers that are going to go to Southern California. And there's other trainers that are going to move uh, their stables to Texas and, you know, to Kentucky and to Florida. So, you know, that that's to be worked out. But the whole point of this is it's now in Southern California you're going to have a, a lot of good horses. Uh, you're going to have uh, good racing. And you're going to have full fields. You'll have eight, nine, ten horses in a field instead of four, five, and six. And so, you know, that's going to be good. And it's going to have an economic impact, you know, on uh, quite a bit of, of California there. You know, but everybody's trying to avoid that. And it just goes to show you that here they move a horse in the Churchill meet out to Alice Park for the summer. And, you know, it's very successful. And now, uh, you know, you see it in California. We don't know what's going to happen there, but, you know, they're, they're going to try to get them, you know, into Southern California. So a lot of tracks are starting to do these things. Uh, a good example, uh, they have a tremendous meet in um, Hot Springs, Arkansas every year. It's one of the Derby prep race towns. And it says Arkansas Derby to be worth $1.5 million in 2024. Local Island Park announced July 19th it will add nearly $1 million into the purses for the 2024 stakes uh, for three-year-olds. It, it was less than a million, and now that they've gotten such good uh, racing quality in Hot Springs, that's what they've done. That's what they've done. Um, I'm telling you, you know, when you look at it, they're, they're incre- increasing the money to all these all these uh, races, uh, you know, and that's what it's taking. You got to get the good quality uh, horses in there. You got to get the good quality trainers. Not saying that they didn't have that before, but just saying you got to get the, 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 the people that are grabbing down the the attention, you know, from places like uh, you know Hotspring. They got a great meet there, and, and and the weather's not not bad at all there during the uh, you know during the winter. Uh, it's really a good place to go. Horses do good when they come out of there, and all the other, you know, and all the other races, you know, that they have. Um, so now, you know, they're starting to compete. The tracks are starting to compete against each other now. Is what they're doing. You know, who's got the best show in town? It used to be who's got the best horses in town, but no, not today, buddy. They got who's got the best show in town. That's what it's all about. You got to present your, your your facility, your program. You got to have the um, uh, you know the chili cookoffs, the car shows. Uh, you know you got to have the beauty contests. You got to have you know uh, the hot dog eating contests. You, you know you got to have all that in order to to you know get the fans in. And, and tracks, you know, they know people are going to gamble, but now they're starting to realize that they can open up their tracks. Um, you know, like Churchill has a real good deal. Um, they've got a, an executive uh, uh, room that they, that they can uh, have weddings in, uh, you know, uh, reunions in, uh, business uh, meetings in. Uh, it's more than just a horse facility. Uh, they got the Kentucky Derby Museum. They got the uh, um, Dawn at the Downs in the morning where you can go have breakfast and watch the horses train. You know, it's just really good to see all that. And, and so, 
you know, now the whole industry is getting on the same page. We got to create something that's really good, you know, for everybody. Um, and I'll tell you another thing here that that's really good is we have the Southern Red Aftercare Alliance on site at Saratoga. Uh, they're they're going to be out here. Uh, they're going to be on. They'll be there on the weekend of the Whitney, which is a million dollar race, and uh, and the Pheasant Kippen yearling sales are going to be there that weekend. Uh, and the 96th running of the Whitney will be held at Saratoga Race Course on August the 5th, 2023. New York Racing Association, Inc., Naira, will feature Thoroughbred Aftercare Alliance as the community, as its community partner of the day. Um, Thoroughbred Aftercare Alliance Care will be on site all, all day Saturday on the 5th in Naira's community outreach booth to share information on accredited aftercare. Branded merchandise will be available in exchange for a donation, including, um, a uh, limited edition of the Thoroughbred After Alliance Care T-shirt, sponsored by Reap, uh, the Repo uh, Stable, featuring a unique design by artists and support Ellen Skidmore. Learn more about this at Naira.com. So, see, aftercare is they want to make sure that the horses are taken good care of, you know, when they leave the racetrack. Uh, and, and so we have all these aftercares that, that are springing up at um, – you know, the different states and everything, different tracks. And what's nice is, you know, you go there and, and they're nice shirts. Uh, they're nice T-shirts that you'll get. You know, you make a donation, you get yourself a T-shirt or a coffee mug or, you know, what have you. And then they explain to you about the aftercare and the farms that are doing it. And they're getting qualified people to come out and take care of these horses after they retire. And, and a lot of the horses go into the show horse industry. And I'm telling you, it's amazing how these horses convert into the into the show horse business. Now we've got a, a horse that came off the racetrack here on, on our uh, property, and you know he was he's a young horse. He's, I think he's five years old, and um, the trainer and owner wanted to figure out how what they were going to do with him. He gets out here, and this horse just blended right in. All the kids running around and the different horses running around showing and jumping, uh, the horses that are, uh, the, uh, the standard breads that are training on the track. And you can just see that this horse is happy here, seeing all the kids and all the activities that are going on. So, you know, it's things like that when you get into the aftercare and the off-track thoroughbreds, you know, you know, that come in that are rehomed and, and, and put out to, uh, you know, show jumping. Um, there was a horse called Moment of, uh, Moment of Hope that, um, uh, you know, was a real good show horse. Uh, you know, I, I, I was really surprised at how, what he did. And, uh, you know, it was good. And he went all over the world showing. He, he ended up uh, riding in the Olympics. And that, that was really an amazing sight to see. So we got um, all kinds of places around. You can get a, you usually can buy a horse if you don't get into business. Uh, out of the OTTBs, off-track thoroughbreds, uh, you know, fairly uh, inexpensive. And a lot of times, if you buy the horse there at that farm, uh, they usually have, uh, uh, you know, riding programs and programs and schools and, you know, all kinds of things that you can do there. Uh, equine camps, you know, do that. Uh, you know, we're, we're in the midst of our big equine camp uh, summer here, and, you know, we got three or four of the barns here that have 15, 16 kids. 
come in and they ride every week. Um, they learn all about the horses and they're educated. Uh, had a purine, uh, uh, horse feed was out here and explaining about feed. Um, you know, all kinds of things come to these different camps. Uh, I know today they got a big water slide. It's a two story water slide, you know, for the kids, you know, a little break from the horses. Uh, but you know, we have all those things are now coming together. And, and like I said, we've got the horse industry is realizing the value of the things that we do here in, in a business that all breeds and they're starting to help out. They're starting to get that money for it. They're starting to make sure that we've got good quality people, you know, working with these horses. And so after they retire, they go to the off-track thoroughbred or the off-track standard breds, or, you know, they, they get into some kind of aftercare program. And then I tell you, I, I like this. I, I, every time I go to Lexington, I stop by to see who's in. Um, Loose, High, Loose Highway, Horse Bowl, and Bossy join Old Friends. Old Friends is a thoroughbred retirement facility in Georgetown, Kentucky. It's happy to announce that the Gusty Philly, Bold and Bossy, arrived at the farm on July 20th, 2023, for her to enjoy her retirement. Bred by Richard Snyder and Connie Snyder, Bold and Bossy, who is by strong mandate, happy birthday baby, out of, out of successful appeal. Now, when you got a bloodline like that, and it's got names like that, huh? You can't, you cannot be, you cannot be unsuccessful. You're always, you'll be successful, when you know, with that. And, uh, she was, uh, uh, she, oh, she, this horse is just really amazing, you know, with what they had, had in her. Um, however, the story of Bold and Bossy, who is owned by, uh, Bantry Farms, was trained by Michael and Ewan. Uh, goes beyond the short uh, racing career. In fact, her story begins before uh, her first official race when she went out uh, on an unexpected adventure. It happened on uh, August 21st, 2021, as she was heading to the starting gate at Ellis Park. From her first race as a two-year-old, something spooked her. She started bucking, threw off her jockey, uh, Miguel Mina, to the dirt. She then, been, then she began running down the track, jumped the fence, and found herself running on the highway. So we know one thing. She's a potential show horse jumper. <laughs> she can get over the fence with no problem and without a jockey, you know, on, on top of it. Down the highway, and reported 30 minutes later, um, startling many drivers along the way before horsemen uh, from the track caught up with her, calmed her down, and got her back to the barn. So she went out on a little excursion, like you see on TV, uh, these, uh, you know, uh, awesome moments on TV. Uh, however, that wasn't the end of the Phillies' adventure. Later that night, in the barn uh, she was in, caught fire. Thankfully, uh, all of the horses were saved. However, she was the only horse to suffer some burns. So this horse, you know, just wasn't her day, no matter which way, where she was at. For many of the horses would have been uh, the end of their racing career, but this dusty filly determined to make a comeback, and after some downtime, she happily resumed her training. Finally, almost a year later, on July 5th, 2022, she returned to the track for a maiden special weight at Belterra. 
The fact that she even made it back to the race track is a great story. The Bold and Bossing went on uh, better to finish third in the money out of eight horses that day. So, you know, she, she knows she's a racehorse. She proved that now. She proved that. Then to add even more to her story career, on August 8th at Thistle Thistle Downs, Bolden Bossy ran in another maiden special weight race that came away with a one-link victory to complete her amazing comeback. So the second time out when she came back, she came back and she went. Um, She ran four more races after that, uh, one more in 2022, and she finished third in an allowance race September 13th. It's a Thistle Downs, um, uh, and three out of the money finishes, uh, she was retired. Uh, so, you know, you've got the off-track thoroughbreds. you got, um, you know, the uh, uh, Horse Race Alliance. you got a little bit of everything from these horses. So, again, it all goes back to what we were talking about, about highs and and everybody getting on the same page to make sure that our industry is a better industry and to make sure that the horses are taken care of, that they're safe and they're, they're treated right and treated properly, that they're fed right, they're trained right, you know, and that all the grooms and, and everybody, uh, the trainers and the owners are all, you know, taken care of and, and in good shape. And, and you know, and it's a good program that they're doing. So, you know, I'm sitting there thinking like, my God, again, there's something else added to what we can draw people to the business. You know, and we create jobs, you know, not only on the track and on the farms, but out in the community. And so now, you know, everybody's saying, hey, wait a minute, we'll help you with that. In fact, um, we have three races now uh, that it's like a Breeders' Cup win and you're in. You get invited over to Europe and you get invited to Australia. If you win a designated race here in the United States, like it, I think Del Mar and Santa Anita and I believe Belmont and Churchill might be getting ready to participate in it. But what happens is if you win a stakes race here in the States, it's identified by the Australian Racehorse Association. What they do is they fly you and your crew to Australia to run in their signature race in Australia, and, and they pay all the expenses. It's a, it's a free ride down and a free ride back. And what it is is to generate more interest into the racetracks, you know, to see a horse that's coming from Australia here to run in a race, or, you know, see American horses going to Australia to run in a race. Uh, it creates a lot of, uh, a lot of good uh, vibes, we'll see, in the horse industry. And so that, that helps out the owners. And the main thing is it gives them uh, uh, value to their horses in the breeding season or in the breeding shed if they win down there, if they run real good. It, it adds a lot of value to the horses, you know. And so uh, what one of the things that, that I got here uh, to look at for us here is – this week, this weekend, we have the, uh, the, the Haskell Stakes coming to you from, uh, uh, from Monmouth Park. And one of the things that uh, I couldn't believe 
there are so many horses and going into 20 horses going into the Kentucky Derby. Where are they now? Where are they now? Uh, you know, so the Haskell's are usually a race they show up, uh, show up at Saratoga. They have, you know, uh, up there, um, in the Traverse States. And also, you know, now we're going to see all that planning that we talked about, uh, leading up to these different shows and, and all the equine programs that we talked about. It's about praying, uh, about the planning. And like say, for example, the owner, um, you know, does he breed his own horse or does he buy one at the sale? The trainer has to figure out a, a race schedule. And, and for the Kentucky Derby, we'll talk about, and there, there's uh, 26 different races that, the, that you need to r- uh, run at least three times or four times in to build up enough points to get into the Kentucky Derby. So that, that's a big, a big thing right there. Um, you got to plan on the adjustment to your, to your training schedule for rain, uh, injury and what, you know, and, uh, uh, miscellaneous items that come in. Uh, then you got to, uh, uh, look at the racetracks. Uh, the racetracks are very important and the races are very, very important. And one of the things that, that uh, you have to really look at is when you go to the breeding shed, we'll say, for example, to breed, uh, breed your horses and your mares and, and your stallions, you got to look at where did they win at? Did they win a, a you know, signature race at Saratoga or Belmont? Uh, did they win a, a good race in, uh, Florida? Uh, did they win a, a good race in, uh, uh, you know, uh, New York, uh, uh, California, Illinois, you know, that, that all adds value to the horse, to the horse, like the Haskell. You win the Haskell now and you're pretty much good to go if you got a, if you got a stallion. You, that's, that's a stamp right there that, that nobody can take away from you. After a triple crown season that provided plenty of excitement in three different winners, uh, of the three signature races, Action in the three-year-old division heats up again July 22nd at the Jersey Shore when Monmouth Park hosts the $1 million grade one Haskell Stakes. The mile and eight Haskell drew a field highlighted by present uh, Kentucky Derby winner, Mash, who will make his first start since finishing third in the Preakness in mid-May. Major uh, will face a quality field uh, headlined by grade one winner, Tappet Trice, he got injured before the derby. Um, he, uh, he, 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 well, he finished, let's see, he finished, uh, um, seventh in the Kentucky Derby and, and the Belmont Stakes. Uh, he was third again. Unbeaten Arabian Knight, who makes his first start since January, uh, he, he'll be there. Uh, the Haskell will be held 50, for the 56th time this year. It has been, an important and determined the Eclipse War, the winner, uh, champion three-year-old of the year. Uh, past winners at, at the uh, Haskell were uh, 49er uh, in 1988, Holy Bull 1994, Serena Song 1995, Skip Away 96, Touch Gold 97, uh, War Emblem, uh, Big Brown, uh, Rachel Alexander, uh, you know, it's it's a great, great uh, field there. And I tell you, we go back and we're talking about how did they get there? How did they get there? You know, 
it's going to be interesting to see who comes out and wins this race. Um, we have uh, Rocket Ride with jockey Mike Smith, Richard Mandala, California horse. He's got three starts, two wins, one second and third. He's earned $180,000. He averages $60,000 a start. Um, his top uh, Equibase speed figure is 104. Pretty good. That's his first horse. Then we have Awesome Strong, uh, jockey uh, Jose Batista, uh, Georgie Delegato uh, is, is the trainer. He's got five starts, zero seconds, zero third, 459,000 uh, in, in uh, earnings, $91,000 average. His highest uh, speed figure rating is 97. Uh, it's not bad. We got over here uh, to salute the stars. Very uh, lightly raced. Then uh, uh, Joel Rosario, Brad Cox, great trainer. Uh, four starts, three wins, one second. Uh, he's made two hundred ten thousand dollars, averaging fifty two thousand dollars a start. Uh, tough horse. He's a tough horse in there. Then we get down to Madge. Madge, Madge, Madge. How do you see it? Javier Castellano. Gustav Delgato is the trainer. Um, he won the Kentucky Derby, folks. He's got five starts, two wins in a, in a second, and a third. Made $2,288,000. Most of that came from the Kentucky Derby. He's averaging $457,000 a start. His highest speed rating is 104. Tell you, you gonna find out what it's all about now. You gonna find out, you know, if he if that Derby did him good, and if he really schooled and he did real good, it's gonna be interesting to see. Then we have a, a horse that you know, I, I saw him get off the van at um, uh, in Mama Park, and he was screaming and hollering, a real stud, a real stud. Uh, you know, he's letting people know that he was there. Louis Saez is a jockey. Todd Fletcher is a trainer. Um, he's got seven starts, four wins, zero seconds, and two thirds. He's made a million three, uh, thirty-three thousand. He's averaging four, $147,000 to start. His highest speed rating is 103 out of the group. That's his, the highest speed rating right there out of the whole group. We got, uh, how great is, 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 let's see, how great it's not. Um, Paco Lopez, Elizabeth Dobles is the trainer. Orson made eight starts, got uh, five wins, one third. $243,000 in earnings, averaging $30,000 a start. Could be a sleeper, but boy, he's really, he's getting in at the wrong time of year with seasoned horses, uh, that, that are in here. Uh, Steve Asmussen, uh, he's got a horse in here, uh, that I think is, uh, extra and geo. Uh, he's a good horse, made $150,000, uh, $7,000, three stars, two wins, and, uh, two wins and, uh, and one second. And he's made a total of $157,000. But this is the horse I think everybody's going to be looking at. I tell you, he, he's, he's a good horse. 
But I, I tell you, he's very, he, he was on fire at the beginning and I, he was running against some horses that were fairly decent, you know, and, and I just don't know about him. It's Bob Baffert's horse. It's Arabian Night with Johnny V up in the saddle. Um, he's got two stars, two wins. He's made $544,000. Now that was in California against fields that I don't think were really that, that tough on him. Uh, you know, out there, uh, he, he earned all that in California. And also, he's averaging $272,000 a start. His highest speed rating is 106. So, you know, we're looking at uh, two horses with 106 speed rating, Tappan Price and Bob Baffert's, uh, uh, you know, horse in here, Arabian Night. So that's going to be interesting to see what happens, you know, with that, that race. Um, I, well, I, I rambled, I, I rambled on more. I mean, more confused myself than anything else today. I, I did a lot of, you know, starting a steak race called the Rambling Steaks. Don't, no matter where you, where you finish, just as long as you get there to the finish on it. Um, but like I said, uh, it's the Haskell, uh, it's Mammoth Park. It's the 12th race. It's at 545. You can see it on intv.org, uh, or the Fox Network. Uh, you can see that it's going a mile and an eighth. It's for a million dollars uh, in here. It's going to be a good field. Uh, it, anything could happen in it. Uh, you know, we're just going to see what goes, how it goes, and where it goes. And, and as far as I'm concerned, um, I like it. Tap it trice, the five horse. I like uh, Mage, uh, the Kentucky Derby winner. And then I also like uh, Awesome Strong. Uh, I think that he's a Florida horse, and no telling what he's going to do, but we're going to see what happens. And, you know, we'll find out all these trainers, are, they've had their three seasons, as I call it. They, they're getting ready for the winter season in the, in, for the Kentucky Derby. And then you get ready for the summer season, which is the Haskell and, and um, the Travelers and all the summer races. And then the third season that we have is finishing up with the uh, Breeders' Cup, and then it all starts all over again. But just remember, Google horses in your area. Go out and see, you know, what kind of horses you have, out, activities you have out in your, in your area. You know, uh, see what all's there. Get out with the family, enjoy it, get some fresh air and sunshine. You know, get your little uh, horseshoe or, you know, uh, a little... Uh, keychain with a horse on it and if anybody calls me next week i will send them to anybody that calls or e emails me at uh email me at ien equine tv dot uh at gmail.com if you email me i will send you a real horseshoe off the racetrack off of one of our runners so join us next week for the International Equine Network.